Good job, I can't do this. I'm not made for this. Okay, let's just do it Add. together. Ready? Hey, it's me, Lexi. And Josh, her husband. We are coming at you today with an episode that we recorded together about marriage and intimacy. We had a really good time talking about it. It was fun, probably a little messy as well, <laughs> but it's just real and raw. We really hope that it'll help you guys in your marriage. Yeah, so hopefully you get some tools and encouragement today. Thanks for being here. So I'm so excited to have Josh here because he's always the one helping me with all my podcast stuff, and now he's on the show with me. It's so fun. So exciting. Um, yeah. Josh, can you tell people about yourself? Just tell, I mean, maybe people know you, but maybe they don't. Just tell them a little bit about you. So, I mean, if you've been listening to Lexi's podcast, you've heard my parents talk. They they talked on parenting a yes. couple episodes back, so that was cool. Um but I grew up in the Dominican Republic for about 18 years. Parents are missionaries with an organization called YWAM. And um, at about 18, I met you. Mm-hmm. And you were on a missions trip. And I went back to the States to date you. We broke all the rules. Yeah. We not, went on, I went yeah. on a missions trip and found a boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, it's not why you go on the missions trip, but this one just worked out. So, this like, don't out. do it, but it works. Yeah. So, but anyways, yeah, 18 years in the Dominican Republic, and then, yeah, I've got three brothers, a uh, younger brother named Ben, younger brother named Nate, and I'm the eldest, which makes me the biggest pain Smartest. in the butt. Nah, <laughs> no. yeah, sure. But anyways, yeah, that's a bit, it's a bit about me. So Josh and I got married... Well, we got engaged on my 21st birthday, mm-hmm. and then we got married um, Whatever. Like 11 months later. When was it? Was it a year? I don't know. Something. It was within the year. Mm-hmm. But we've been married for nine years, and it's so fun to be married to you. That's pretty great. You're great. <laughs> Those of you who know Josh in person, you know that he's like this... Like, if you just look at Josh, you might think, is he scary? I don't know. Is he a scary dude? Because he's kind of so. like big and tall (laughs) but then if you know josh he's just this big teddy bear so that loves technology my husband is the one that fixes everybody's computers i'm a super geek i love it he's a super geek so um that's josh so thanks hon for being here today of course we just put all of our kids to bed we'll see how long that lasts hopefully it'll last Lord mercy. Um, yeah, Lord help. So we are talking about intimacy today, and you guys sent a whole bunch of questions last week when I kind of put out there on Instagram, what questions do you have about marriage and relationships? And to my surprise, and I realized this isn't that big of a shocker, every question had to do with sex. And it doesn't surprise me because we're all moms, And if we're really honest, after we have kids, everything changes, not just our relationship with our husband, but also just personally, like our bodies are changing, our hormones change, our energy is drained. Um, It's just a totally different story. So we're going to be kind of talking about our journey a little bit with it and what's helped us. Josh and I have been married for almost nine years, right? Is it nine? Yeah. Almost nine years. So... We're not like, we haven't been doing this forever. We're still babies. Mm -hmm. 
but we do have three kids and so we're kind of coming to you side by side also definitely in this process still we've learned some things along the way and we're going to share what we've learned with you guys so hope you're ready it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun josh and i i think it was seven eight eight years ago right after we got married we spent um a year in tulsa but then we moved to switzerland and while we were in switzerland we were working with youth with a mission it's a missions organization and we were full-time missionaries there and I got pregnant with Cora, our oldest. And so we had Cora in Switzerland. And I will spare you all the details. Thank you. Because it's a lot. <laughs> but um, I had a really intense labor and delivery in Switzerland. And it was rough. Not, not, yeah, it was rough. It was, it was pleasant rough. to remember. It was rough emotionally, but it was also rough really physically. I had four days of labor. And then I TMI tore front to back. And all the way in. So I had like a real bad situation going on down there. So we got <laughs> home. And so we went back to our little village we were at in Switzerland. And we had this newborn. And I can't walk. I mean, I couldn't walk for... A month and a half. Two month months, and a half, almost two months. Two months. Yeah. I was just like wetting the bed all the time. I would try to like walk around a little bit like outside. And I would just like pee my pants. I had to carry you to the bathroom, carry you to the shower. It was just rough. Yeah. Yeah, most of the time when I went to the bathroom, you actually had to hold me up by like my elbows mm -hmm. and I had to shower off. <laughs> it was so romantic. If we, I mean, if I didn't know that Josh loved me before that situation, I knew it now because he would be like holding me up over the toilet <laughs> and he would say, it's okay. And he'd be like laughing, trying to make me laugh. And I'm just like in tears, like, what is my life? And then have to, then you have to move me to the shower to rinse off. And it's just part of the deal. It's, it's part just part of the, of the deal. Yeah. Kids bring on a totally different season, things you never thought you would say or experience. All of a sudden you're saying and experiencing. Part of what changes drastically, and especially for us at the beginning with, I went through such a long time of healing, is your sex life like it drastically changes so we understand and even after postpartum and everything i mean things change kids take energy you're no, you're no longer sleeping at night you're drained you just at least for me at the end of the day i just wanted to like get in bed and go to sleep didn't want to do anything so not me yeah josh felt <laughs> differently but i just was like i i'm done i have nothing left so we're going to talk today about kind of, you know, through that, you know, that we went on to have more kids. So we have two more kids, Ruby and Emma, and it was the same story. It didn't get easier with each kid. I think we, it got easier in the sense of we knew what to expect, Yeah. but the healing process was still the same. Yeah. And even now, Emma is two. Yeah, just about turned two. And we're still tired and we're I'm still yeah. trying to figure out how to stay connected in our relationship while we raise these little humans, it's a full-time job. But we've learned a lot along the way. Just like how you can get through so much in your relationship and then even having to see the differences in pre-kids intimacy or sex and post-kid intimacy and sex is it's constantly changing, it's always transitioning and, and sex or, oh well, yeah, sex specifically is not the glue that holds your marriage together. It's more the intimacy side of stuff, which is the point, I think. 
Okay, so we're going to try to lay this out as simply as we can. We have some like key things that really helped us walk through the last almost seven years of parenting and our, yeah, and keeping intimacy. So the first would be this saying that we always hear, and I'm going to have Josh talk about this in a second, but you hear a lot that like sex is what glues, is like the glue to the marriage. It keeps things together. It keeps things going. And we would like to argue that sex is a component of what keeps the marriage going, but we like to look at it as a more holistic point of view. feels really awkward even sharing this as a dude because I feel like I'd be potentially um, coming at all dudes <laughs> or attacking all dudes with some of the statements. But I think when I, at the end of the day, look at my wife, I know I love her more than anything. And I think that's something that you have to kind of realize as well as a guy in the marriage um, is that you want to love your wife more than sex. Sex is not the glue that holds our marriage together. Without sex, that isn't, that doesn't mean we're going to stop being married. That doesn't mean we're not going to be married anymore. I think that it is very important to have it in the marriage, but it's not the only important thing. I think sex, like, I think the best image I have is, I don't know if in elementary school you saw the food pyramid and you kind of could see that you need to have like your, your meats and your bread and your dairy and your fibers and all these different things and and to me if I looked at the food pyramid for example I'd see sex as candy that's great it's awesome it's fantastic but if I find myself only focusing on candy never eating anything else then I'm just gonna get sick and it's not sustainable and it doesn't last and so for me to be able to enjoy my candy I feel like I need to be able to be focusing on <laughs> I'm just saying it the way it makes Why sense it to me to be candy? Uh, whatever because <laughs> candy's great I candy get it. is it's sweet I'm not gonna say bread <laughs> what no bread is more the the hard work you put into the relationship <clears throat> you make effort to go on a date you make effort to to take care of the kids let your wife take an extra nap that day let her sleep in and you get up with the kids and take them to school you know finding these different things that build up the relationship make it to where a night of intimacy or sex is way more doable and way more holistic because you're in a full picture relationship you're not just roommates you're not going through the grind of you know, get up go to work raise the kids send them to school church on Sunday you know meals put them to bed, watch a TV show, and then like repeat. There's there's more to it. There's investment in the relationship. And I just feel like you can't just look at sex as like, hey, we have an agreement. Hey, this is our marriage. We have to do this together. So just kind of make it happen. It comes out of a place of connection, relationship, and intimacy. And therefore, then it works and it makes sense. Which makes intimacy more of a broader thing. It's not just sex. Intimacy is such a holistic thing in a marriage. So there's all these components, there's sex, but there's also good communication and laughing together and going on dates and maybe take, you know, hanging out with friends together, doing, having a hobby together, having good conversations. These are all things you need to build a life of intimacy together. If you took out good communication, if you were never speaking to each other, you weren't growing in any way other than just you're just having sex well that's not intimacy that's just 
sex. So we're aiming for intimacy, which is more of a holistic point of view when it comes to marriage as a whole. So like Josh was saying, it's not just focusing on one thing and putting all of the importance and value and time and energy into one thing like sex (laughs) to candy. It's looking at marriage and saying, what are all the areas in our marriage that need proper care to grow a marriage that has intimacy? And from a place of that, I think sex becomes something that it's just healthier. I think it's easier, and I think it's it actually means something. So to, to, to make it just kind of real and to the point, if I don't like my wife and I'm not enjoying hanging out with her, I'm not enjoying having a conversation with her at the end of the day, I'm not wondering, you know, how was your day, honey? I'm not, we're just kind of going through life, doing what we need to do. Sometimes you're in survival mode, so I get it. It doesn't mean it's just going to be easy. This is a lot of hard work. It takes the hard work to be able to enjoy. But if, if I can't look forward to just being with her, hanging out with her, then I also can't just expect at the end of a long day, raising kids, food, grocery store, taking them to the end of the day to be like, cool, let's just have sex. That sounds great. Let's just, there's no connection. There's no foundation. There's no relationship to then be able to enjoy that aspect of intimacy because it's not on top of all the other things. It's not the one thing that is it that holds it together like the glue metaphor. It is because of other things that you can then truly enjoy that or else it just becomes, it doesn't mean anything. And that's, yeah, that's not intimacy. So another question we had was, how do you make time then? And I would like to point out that it's, since we've already said the fact that we're not really just after sex, we're after intimacy, sex being part of that, but it's looking at it as a holistic thing, then how do you make time for sex? Well, then also, how are we making time for all of our relationships? So I think that this comes down to a lot of intentionality. We've had to be extremely intentional with any time we have set aside for ourselves. So with kids, all of you probably have kids. We've got three right now. And we have to set up date nights. We have to put it on the calendar, make it a priority, which means we have to sacrifice an evening um, or find babysitters or something. So there's date nights. But then also when it comes to, to sex, we have to say, okay, we know at the end of the day, we're going to be exhausted. <laughs> there's no way around that. It's not going to change just because you sleep in a little bit. I don't know about you guys, but for me, it really doesn't matter how much sleep I got the night before. I'm tired at the end of the day. There's something about not waking up to your, I don't know, some people do, but not waking up to your alarm, waking up to a child <laughs> going, I'm terrible. hungry or, or, or our infant crying into the baby monitor. And that is my alarm. Yeah. No matter if I set my alarm up for 4.30 in the morning, I'll wake up to something. And so there is this constant thing of there's just a lack of rest and sleep and that is inevitably going to bleed into everything so find out what we're trying to say is find out how you deal with that find out how you make that work because everybody's different every kids are different every relationship's totally different but if you can figure out find your method to be able to deal with that the intentionality of date nights yeah. Having our in-laws take care of the kids one night a week or twice a month and being able to focus on going and getting a coffee together or finding those times that 
hey, the kids went to school, the youngest is asleep, and I just didn't have work today or whatever. Let's actually spend time together. Let's have a cup of coffee at home. Let's have an indoor date night one night rather than hanging out with friends or having people over. So Yeah, sometimes we'll just look at each other and say, how are you doing? Or what, is, what has been on your mind? It's like you forget to ask those basic questions. So being intentional about setting time aside to ask the questions of what's been on your mind? What have you been thinking about recently? How are you doing? And also adding in how are we doing and talking open and honestly about how you're doing in your relationship with one another. So I think that's one aspect. And then another thing that I think people cringe every time we mention this, and I think the first time... We were told this advice. We were like, no, no way. Not in our marriage. Oh, I I pretty much guaranteed it would (laughs) never work for us. And it's been extremely helpful, but it's scheduling sex. So let me just interject with that. That is a huge comment. I've been married for nine years. We've had kids for seven, six, seven years. It is still very, very difficult as a guy to go, I'm going to schedule that. Because at least for me... I'm more of a, I, I'm, I'm a romantic. I want it to be spontaneous, spontaneous and just, oh, we're in the mood and, oh, this is great. That's just, I mean, if it happens for you, good for you. It just doesn't happen that often. It's, it's really not, hard to be spontaneous. It's very rare because with you, children. you don't get the option. There is no, what do you want to do tonight? No, your, your day is pretty much set up for you. you, know, you there are make, moments. There are moments where you could be spontaneous. Take a hold of those moments. Those are great. The reality is that's not, you can't bank on that. You can't bank on just it being spontaneous. You have to make a plan or it won't happen. And that is where the shift for me as a husband took a massive turn when the spontaneity was no longer the main thing. The spontaneity was like, oh, I'm lucky if that happens a couple of different times or I'm excited for when those happen, but I can, I can rely on the scheduling, not the spontaneity. And I think that was a big shift for me where we decided, okay, it took a while. We we didn't get it right away. We got that advice and it took us a year, maybe even two to really figure it out. I think we eventually switched the word like, instead of saying scheduling, but that makes sense when you first hear it. It's just being intentional. So saying we're going to set aside these nights intentionally for us. So it's not just like let me mark on my calendar. It's Okay, we, it's because it's important to us and because it's important to our marriage, we will set aside time for it. And there is, there is no formula. And that's the thing. It, you, you have to be part of what we were saying is the good communication in a relationship. You have to figure out what works for you. Me and Lexi, we had something that worked for us. And about six months later, we were like, that doesn't work anymore. It's either... It just doesn't work. Got to reevaluate. So, and we reevaluated, and that's part of good communication, being able to say without, because that could, as a guy, I could come at it, or even as a girl, hey, I don't like this. I don't want this. I'm going to get upset. I'm going to bring emotions to it, and I'm going to fight about it. This doesn't even need to be a fight. And that's another aspect of the intimacy that I have matured enough to understand that sometimes it is just scheduled and structured and it is kind of like a you said put it in your calendar it makes sense sometimes for me to kind of think of it that way Mm -hmm. because then I allow myself to go okay that doesn't mean she loves me any less that doesn't mean it still isn't great it just means it might not be what it was like 
when we had kids. no kids. <laughs> when we had, I mean, we could go to bed and at eight o'clock at night. The kids will not be in this stage, and it might be completely different. But this is where we're at. Exactly. So you have to work with where you are. And that constant checking in. I mean, Josh and I, we don't do this great, but something we try to do is check in like once a month and say like, okay, so it's working for us. And sometimes that just comes up naturally or sometimes we have to be, we have to bring it up on a date or something. But I think learning to set communication as a high value in your marriage is so key because if you're not communicating about how you're feeling about intimacy, you're all around love languages, if things are working for you, then you feel stuck and you feel unloved and you, and it's nothing's growing from a place where you don't have healthy communication. So we're not perfect at this by any means, but we're working on that. So that is something we know is important. We have to be able to communicate well. So I don't know if guys are going to be listening to this or only just wives because I know you you speak to a lot of ladies. We'll see. But so they might drag something, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> something I've realized is, and this isn't a bad thing. It's just something I've realized. If I don't bring it up and have a reevaluating time, whether Lexi has the greatest of intentions um, to talk about it or reevaluate, it just it doesn't come up. We are wired totally differently. It is, let's just say, sex is top five things on my mental thing. It's on my mind. I think about it. I think about her throughout the day. It's on my mind. I would say, and I apologize if I sound bad. <laughs> no, you're probably right. But I'd say probably top 50 and sitting between 40 or 50 or top 100. Between yeah, I've got a lot of th- things th- in my mind. But again, she is wired totally different than I am. So you have to figure out how that works. It could be the flip side. The girl could be thinking about it all the time, good or bad, and the guy could just never think about it. It's just not on his priority. It doesn't mean they don't like it. It's just you got to figure out what works for you. And so what I have realized, and I didn't like this at first, I wanted her to be intentional. Bring it up. Talk about it. Then we'd never talk about it. And I'd say, oh, very hurtfully, this doesn't matter to you. Sex is not important. Why are you? And, and then that just caused so many issues when the reality was if it's such a big deal to me, and, and, and it is to us, but if I think about it more often, let me handle it maturely and just say, hey, can we find a time to talk about this because I've been thinking about it lately and I'd like to reevaluate. Please feel free, if the guys are listening in, just be open to communicate. That also comes from a place of, I am very in touch with my emotions. My parents are marriage counselors, so I grew up in, in talking about my emotions all the time, but all You're we're trying be, to say... be okay to lead that. Exactly. And not you know, maybe one person is just better at leading that. I take more initiative on, I want to sit down and talk and like, I want to catch up. If for you take more initiative on sex and those conversations, but we have to be willing to say yes to when that person says, we need to talk about this. And then you can go from there. So I think healthy communication and figuring out what works for you and being willing to reevaluate those things um, every month or so. And it sounds, again, it sounds, um, like it can be a negative to be scheduling or to, to be evaluating and all these things. But really what that shows is you you take time for the things that are important. You're intentional about the things that are important to you. And if you're going to take time to talk about it and, and do it and revisit it, 
it means it's important. So this is not a negative thing. It just means when you have little kids at home, this is what we got to do. We got to kind of fight for being intentional. A big question that I got from so many of you, and it did not surprise me because it's the, it's, I mean, I just feel like it's something we all have in common being moms that have kids is how do you get in the mood? Because so many things can play into our sex life after kids. And I've dealt with everything from postpartum depression to hormonal imbalances, to healing physically, to low libido. I mean, you name it, I've experienced it. And I'm sure any of you listening have had those experiences one way or another. How do we mentally get there? And that's different things like this. So there's all these things you can do. But I think one thing we can all do is work on two things. And one, after you've had the conversation of, okay, what are our our intentional times together for sex? Okay, so now we know what they are. So when those days come around, whatever days you choose, whatever that is, we're not going to give a number because that's not about that. It's whatever's working for you guys. Whenever that day comes around, as for me, as the woman, I... I can kind of prepare myself knowing, okay, today's the day. So I need to get in the mindset that this is happening today. So I'm not caught off guard or, you know, I'm crawling into bed and he's like, hey, and I'm like, what? You know, like we have to be on the same page. So I think my responsibility on the times that we've set aside for intimacy is to mentally kind of get in the game a little bit. Josh is laughing because... Those are your four cup of coffee days. (laughs) Those are my four cup of coffee days. Those are the days that it's like kids are going to bed and I'm drinking coffee. Yeah. And, you know, or whatever, or I'm not making plans that evening or whatever it is. So you have to kind of take responsibility for that and say, okay, well, what can I do to make sure I'm setting aside time, I'm mentally preparing all those things to kind of gear up for that. And maybe for some of you, you haven't experienced anything postpartum like that. I would say the majority of women probably do. So it's normal to <laughs> to feel that way. I've talked to so many people, and myself included in different seasons, where you are never in the mood. It's just not going to happen. So if we were to wait to be in the mood, it would never happen, guaranteed. It would be like years would go by, right? So we're being intentional about it, which means, okay, let's approach it with gearing up for it, knowing that day, okay, today's that day, so I'm going to be thinking about it. I need to be making sure I don't make plans that evening. I need to to not just like fall asleep on the couch. I need to do what I need to do to mentally prepare for that sometimes falling asleep on the couch is what prepares you for the evening because you've had a nap that day Mm -hmm. i think from a guy's point of view just what you've said lex just that understanding because i don't know how to say this without sounding bad but we could finish this conversation and i'd be in the mood like it just the reality is there as a guy Mm -hmm. you can go from hey you know talking shop oh how's the day or how the kids cool you in the mood let's go because like guys can switch it on and off microwaves it is, and it slow is cookers. A, it, seriously it was that's perfect microwaves and slow cookers where i think if we as guys understand what you've just said even on the i want to go even farther and say let's say we've agreed upon this day mm-hmm. and i look at the day, night before or that day and it has just been 
pure chaos. I mean, <laughs> like it has just day. been a nightmare and there's no matter what, but it has taken me a while, but where I've been able to say, I know it's our night, but there's just no way this is happening tonight. And you're like, oh no, there's just, and, and just even as a guy being able to say, cool, that that is more loving and caring and a greater showing of intimacy and relationship other than because I don't want it to become this agreement, this contract either. Like you like said, so you, you have You said to. it's this night during the week or this night during the month. And therefore, you have to abide because if we don't... Th- and like... You that's have not to intimacy. Think, then that's not intimacy. That's, that's a contract. And that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a relationship, good, healthy communication. And then being able to... Because I love my wife. Because I care about her more than just having sex. I'm able to look at the surroundings and go, oh, this is going to work out. Or, yeah, no, it's just, and I've gotten to the end of the night. It's not as common, but at the end of the night and being like, I'm tired. Yeah, and it doesn't like, happen often. But it doesn't happen often, often, but where I've gone to bed, I'm like, no, I know it's our night. But I also have to, I know it sounds like that might be bad, but I also want to be able to go, are you okay with it not happening tonight? And I'd say about 9.999% <laughs> out of 10, you'd say, absolutely fine let's go to bed (laughs) i think maybe once or twice you've been upset about it but like the reality there is you have to communicate about it and And i think the only reason that works for us is because we're building intimacy in other parts of our relationship 100 percent. because if we because we are loving each other in other ways and that's not the only way that's not the glue that's not the only thing holding our marriage together so then it is easier to say Okay, I love you. So I'm not going to force you to do something you don't want to do. I'm not going to, you're sick. I'm not going to hold you to something like that. I care about you more than sex. And so I think that that, that's part of the whole, you know, yeah, the whole thing of sex is not just intercourse, right? It's not just having sex. It's actually a holistic point of view of our whole relationship and we're aiming for intimacy. So I think one thing that helps with that as well as love languages, and I know that that's kind of been a topic that's been probably overshared a lot, but I think Josh is way better at love languages than I am. Like so much better. Josh is very like touchy feely in words of affirmation. Those are his that love mean languages. Much better. No, what I mean is that you just like do love languages better. Okay. I suck at like languages. It's always something I'm, you're looking at me trying not to. You know it's true. So for Josh, his love language are words of affirmation and physical touch. Those are my bottom two. So I find it really. My top two, my are, top two gifts, are gifts and acts of service. And those are my bottom two. And those are his bottom two. So we are so opposite in that. So it really takes, again, being intentional to serve the other person like throughout the day with love languages. And even if we're, if we're both doing that, if we're both looking at the love languages of the other person, then it's not like it all comes down to sex. It's like, no, we've already, we know in other ways in our relationship, we aren't loving each other. And you're smiling because you know that this is a hard thing for me. I'm, I struggle I'm, I'm with smiling because as a, but I cannot as a guy go, Hey, I, I cleaned up the house while you were taking a nap today, or I did the dishes, or I did the grocery shopping, or I did some things that maybe you do more often than I do, or hey, I bought you these flowers, so therefore, your turn now, pay up. Like, you can't, it's not, the, 
the transaction act of, of even some of that, just cutting that out. It's, and it's difficult because that makes so much sense for me as a guy. These are your <laughs> love languages. I've met you with those love languages, so you meet me with my love languages, and it doesn't work So you work should just want to have sex. So you should just want right. to have sex. That's- and then as women, we run to that thing of, but my hormones don't want to have sex anymore. So it's a Brutal. really weird cycle, but I think love languages are so important because it builds um, towards intimacy in sex. It doesn't, it's not only in the bedroom. It's also like just during life. So I can know that in our best seasons of intimacy or sex in our life, they have come from, we have consistently made time to be alone without the kids not having sex. We've consistently made time to go on dates, find babysitters, do these things. The the most difficult times in our marriage have been survival mode. And you're in the grind. You're doing what you have to do to make it through, but... I, and I, I hate the comment, but I've used it before. I just live with a roommate. We just sleep in the same bed. We, we clean the same house. We pay the same bills together. But then it's just, there's no connection. There's no intimacy. And, and Yeah, out we've of, definitely been through those seasons. Out of the investment in our relationship, then sex makes more sense or even works. It's so easy to get to that point in marriage. I think when you're raising young kids where it's just days go by and you realize you haven't had a real conversation. You're not really connecting. You're just getting stuff done around the house. You're just getting, you know, going to bed, waking up, doing it all over again. And you can so easily fall into that cycle of just, we just live together and parent together. So I think the the holistic approach to intimacy is so important for a growing a thriving marriage and not having arguments and d- disagreements and stuff does not equal a healthy growing. We fight all the time. Yeah, we argue like, all the what? time, no. but we've learned to do it well and really productively. So our communication has grown immensely over the years. And I think that that truly has been the foundation to our marriage because we've figured out how do we, we've been able to talk through how are we going to be intentional with each other? How are we going to have intimacy? How are we going to parent and be married and do this season of life well together? Where do we want to see ourselves in five years? What do we, what do we want our relationship to look like? Those are the types of conversations we've had together. And I think that investing in a holistic approach to intimacy has changed everything for us. I know this might be like a little snippet to throw into this, but like if, communication isn't working super well and you can't agree on some things go to marriage counseling go to a therapist uh meet with your a pastor you trust meet, meet meet with somebody that you could trust that could invest in your marriage and your relationship and see both sides of the picture in kind of a bird's eye view and give you help or advice or things to even work on try communicate about whatever it may be that is taking that's just, I hate that it's taboo in the church to even think about this stuff. That's so healthy. What you're saying is my relationship is important enough that I want to go see a marriage counselor, counselor or yeah. a therapist they can or whatever help you it may with, be. I mean, Josh and I did counseling for a while and it was so great. And we stopped a while back. We should, I mean, we should definitely be doing that again, but it's, yeah. <laughs> we should do it more because Hello. it's so good. But they, but we learned so many good tools 
in marriage counseling. And I think that you should go, I think marriage counseling is great for whenever seasons are rough and you're finding it hard to find, you know, good communication and things like that. But it's also good when things are great because it keeps things fine tuned. So if you get stuck and you feel like, okay, we're communicating, we're trying to be intentional, but we are just not seeing eye to eye. We don't know how to communicate. This is really, we can't get past certain things. Seek better help. It's not a failure to go to counseling. And I think most people know this now, but it could be the best thing. I feel like this is going to be the first of many conversations around this or something that will grow out of this and topics that could come from that. But I really hope you could hear our heart behind it all that the intimacy and the relationship is the biggest thing to strive for. And out of that, because you've worked and focused on the foundation, then sex and, and, and making time together while living a life with kids and the surviving is, is more doable or even manageable because you've got the foundation you've been working on. So I think that's probably the biggest thing. If you can focus on your communication, your relationship, intimacy is, is a connecting together daily, weekly, continuously, then the other stuff is going to be way more doable and possible. I think it goes without saying, but I, I think we're trying to be very practical in what we're speaking about today. But I think also it's important to note that during this whole process, you know, for Josh and I through all the time, we are spending time with the Lord and we're really asking God, how do we do marriage well? And I think it's important for both of us to be actively pursuing a relationship with Jesus because I think our marriage has had really difficult times whenever we're not doing that well. And we can become very like selfish people when we're not spending time with God. I'm naturally a super selfish. We're both very naturally selfish people. So, I mean, everybody is right. So we, so I think that whenever putting when we have not had God at the center of our relationship and we are not pursuing him together and also individually, we see where that's gotten us. We can't last very long like that. So we've really had to make our personal time with the Lord and also having conversations about what we're learning and about what God's speaking to us as a couple and also individually for us to form intimacy. I mean, so much of intimacy is spiritual and having conversations about God and what we're learning and what he's what he's wanting to do in and through our marriage as a couple. We're married for a purpose. So it's not just we got married and God's not doing anything in our marriage. So we're fighting for also that purpose and seeking God about what that looks like. What does he have for us as a couple? And what is he wanting us to do as a couple, not just individually? And I think that that also really helps us to approach things together and to look at our marriage as a ministry towards others and a witness towards others. And that I think keeps us sharp. Thank you guys so much for listening to this conversation. Thank you, Jesus, that our children did not wake up. That's a miracle miracle in itself. We should do this again. This was fun. We're just, you know, in the messy middle with everybody. 
sharing what we're learning. So thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. If you like this, please comment, like, and subscribe below. Hit that bell. Hey friend, if you enjoyed today's podcast episode, would you take a quick second and screenshot this episode and share it on your social media account? It would mean so much to me and help me get this little podcast baby out to the world. Make sure to tag me so I can personally thank you for sharing. You can find me hanging out on Instagram at Lexi Norell, that's one R, double L, and at Lexi Norell on Facebook. Excited to see you over here again for the next episode. And in the meantime, come hang out with me on the gram.